to the never open podcast the podcast open to everyone uh, except that guy uh, my name's luke i am your host and this is a new japan pro wrestling podcast with uh, naughty words in it so just be aware of that and with me as always is uh, the producer extraordinaire who is having a really rough time of it so uh, everyone send your uh, really nice messages to uh, mr andy and say hello, Mr. Andy. I don't know what you mean. Hello, Mr. Andy. Hello, Mr. Luke. And hello to the listeners. I'm not having any problems. I mean, everything's going just fine. Um, you know, technology makes perfect sense always. And one of my favorite things about it is when you do the same shit over and over again, how sometimes it just reacts differently for no reason. So, you know, I mean, that's it's one, almost, of, that's one <laughs> of my favorite things. So. It's almost like Albert Einstein was full of shit. Yeah, I think um, I think that Steve Jobs guy was full of shit, too. And yeah. I think, um, you know, I don't know. There's a lot of things that are full of shit uh, this week, actually, in pro wrestling as well. So, I mean, we got all kinds of shit. To talk about. <laughs> but, Lou, we got some good stuff, too. You know, we're not just going to, you know, uh, bury everything and, and talk shit about all the terrible stuff that has happened this week. We're going to we're going to talk about the good stuff, too. There is some stuff that has me super fucking excited. In, in New Japan Pro Wrestling, and uh, I would say uh, none of it involves the main title whatsoever, but all of it involves, you know, everything else, really. <laughs> so uh, that's that's where we are in terms of New Japan Pro Wrestling. And I would say, just a peek behind the curtain, listeners, this is our second time recording this, and... I would just like to say, thank fuck we only got to cover one show. I know. Because if we had to do, like, one of those fucking five-show extravaganzas, uh, yeah, uh, I think uh, we'd both be sounding like uh, like everything was uh, that guy-related rather than yeah. being able to be like, hey, yeah, and that's not so bad. So, yes, we, ha- we have one show. We don't have that many gimmicks. We do have some uh, at least one email, which... It ties into the end of the show with recommends. And I do believe that unlike last time, <laughs> you did a Kojima tweety. I did. One. But how do can you want folks, to do it now or later? How can folks get a hold of us, Luke? Oh, yeah. That's right. People do need to contact us. I don't know why they need. Yeah, they just need to. You have to. <laughs> this is compulsory, everyone. So get your asses on to the uh, emails. We're neveropenpod at gmail.com. We'll get your butts on the Tweety. Uh, we're at NeverOpenPod, and I'm there at Grumpy2EB, and Mr. Guy is over there at Drusifer Tweets. So there are all the ways you can contact us. You can do that with your voice or with typed words or fart sounds or smoke signals. Who gives a shit? Just, just do it. It's true. Actually, um, I can translate fart uh, 
you know, fart noises to English. So um, I'm not, I can't do it to Japanese. I don't know. I'm not that good yet, but I definitely know how to translate fart noises. So, and I may even be able to tell you what you ate. So, I mean, like, just depends, <laughs> just depends. But sometimes I can tell you what you, what you ate. I know a lot about farts because I'm a master of farting, Luke. Wow. Uh, Andy, you never told me you were a fart whisperer. <laughs> <laughs> those are uh you know those are the, what you call the silent but deadly the fart whispers you know and those are the ones that uh just kind of seep out a little bit and then holy moly it's crazy because you know you, you you learn about the different kinds of gases and gases do have weights and things like that but what's crazy about one of those sbds as we call them in the in the industry <laughs> is that they are <laughs> they're so compact and it's like a little tiny bit of gas, but for some reason it's so potent, and usually beans are involved. Are we stalling because we already talked about this show, and now we have to do it again? <laughs> <laughs> no, this is all original content right here. We didn't talk about farts the first time. So. That's right. Oh, That's my goodness. A, yeah. All right. So, <laughs> uh, Kojima Tweety? I do. I have that. Yeah, so – you know, we love Satoshi Kojima. Everybody knows oh, it. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we call him Mr. Bread because if the dude fucking loves bread and we fucking love him. So we call him Mr. Bread. And Mr. Bread has a Twitter account and it's like cozy underscore lariat on Twitter and Instagram and stuff. And he fucking is awesome and does fucking awesome tweets. So today he has a tweet and it's it seems pretty normal, but then it takes kind of a left turn at the end. And that's kind of how some of his tweets are. Um, sometimes he misuses emojis and he thinks one means something else. But this time it's words. So here is the Kojima tweet of the week. It reads, quote, hello. Today is the Ria Goko tournament tag team with Hiroshi Tanahashi. Eleven years ago, two people who fought in the final of G1 Climax at this venue will form a tag. Thinking so, it's hot. I'm going. Unquote. Well, I'm glad you're going, dude. You're booked. Like, you, you kind of have to. It's your job, man. Get your ass to work. But uh, that's all right. He's super excited to be taken with uh, with Tanner. And there is going to be some adorable stuff uh, involving uh, those two men. Uh, and uh, I'll talk about that after the match that they partake in. So uh, I'm glad Mr. Bread showed up. Because there would be less to talk about, but uh, yeah, we'll get to it then. Why <laughs> would that wording just crack me up just then? Yeah, so. we're just gonna go insane today, I think, Mr. Andy, because we're just like we have to talk about a show, and it's not necessarily well, it's definitely not the best show we've ever seen. It's not an awful, horrible show, but we've just seen better shows. So uh, you know, it would be awesome if we. Got to speak about like a, a 10 out of 10 show twice, but uh, instead it's this one. So let, let's get into it, Mr. Andy, yes, sir. <clears throat> because uh, we have to. And just another peek behind the curtain, everyone. I have this dumb tradition, and I didn't realize it was dumb <laughs> until like today, where, <clears throat> you know, just as a thing of, oh, the episode is finished. It is done. I don't need my notes anymore. Delete. What? And so... And so Mr. Andy was scandalized to hear that that's something I do. <laughs> and he's like, you're a fucking idiot. And uh, Andy's right. So, <laughs> so this is going to be fun. Well, right. 
I mean, technically, the original recording does exist. However, you don't want to listen to it. Trust me. It sounds sounds insane. It sounds so crazy to the point where I can't even put a little piece of it right here so you can hear it. Just so you can hear what it sounds like. It'll blow your ears away. So, um... Anyway, something went wrong, but something's going right now, and we got this first match. What was the first match, Luke? Yes. Now, <laughs> I liked this match. I liked the implications, or, or like what's going to happen after this match. But at the time I'm watching this, I'm like, really? Tekkers and G.O.D. are still feuding? Like, what the fuck, man? Again. But at the same time, I was like, oh, Dookie. Do- Dookie, I'm saying it like you. Yeah, uh, all right. <laughs> Dookie and Jado. Uh, back feuding, I'm like, yeah, so that's always fun for me. Uh, but uh, it's kind of cool to see the techers back together again. I thought they were, you know, splitting up for a bit and doing single stuff, but I guess, uh, I guess not because they realized, oh shit, we need tag teams. But yeah, this is a, a pretty solid match from what I remember. It's really cool. It does set up a future tag team title match because Zack Sabre uses a European clutch to pin Tonga lower. And uh, there's no Doki Choki too, so uh, that's going to – poor Gino on commentary was distraught and didn't know what to do with himself. Yeah, there was no Doki Pokey. There was no Doki Choki. And we did at the show, we did have uh, Kevin Kelly, Chris Car- Charlton, and Gino uh, Gambino on the call. And Gino didn't know what to do with himself after this. I mean like he – is so upset by the fact that he didn't get to do his Doki Chokey gimmick that it kind of like, you know, it kind of just ruined his, <laughs> you know, but, but Luke, couple things about this match that are pretty cool. <sighs> One yeah. is that this is continuing the feud of, of Dookie and Giotto, right? You know, so that's, yes. that picked up again, which I know you're Even a fan of singles match. One of these days, you know, and then, and I mean, the big problem is, you know, I think Dookie doesn't care that much. He doesn't care, like, he doesn't have the level of apathy that Giotto does, but, I mean, he doesn't care very much either. So I, I think that one of the problems with not having this match is that, like, neither one of them bring it up to the bookers because they don't care, you know? <laughs> Just uh, be careful. You know, we'll get a uh, I don't care on a pole match. Uh, <laughs> Just no one shows up. They don't yeah. show up. The ref, ref chumpy just counts them out and they never yeah. really have so. Double count out. Neither <laughs> of them care. But the but, biggest, uh, the biggest yeah. thing in this match is, is Tai Chi. The story of the glove, yes. you know, is surrounding Tai Chi. This is all about him. And, I, and I'm saying this now. Maybe I'm wrong, but I hope I'm not. This is like the beginning. You know, I mean, every year Tai Chi's getting to be a bigger and bigger star I think he's going to be world champ one day, and it might be a year or two from now, but I think it's going to happen, Luke, and I'm I excited like, about that. Yeah, I feel like they're grooming him a bit, not only to uh, like uh, step up, uh, but also maybe to uh, eventually take over Suzuki-gun. Yes. Who knows? Uh, I, I, I feel like uh, Suzuki's got a bit more of a relaxed schedule this year. He's been a bit quieter than he has other years that since I've started watching New Japan, and that's fine by me. He, the guy's in his 50s. He, if he needs a, a rest. But uh, I think in our original recording, you were saying maybe they're resting some of our, the wrestlers up because they're going to be in a grueling tournament later yeah. on in the year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's an interesting, keen observation that I just stole from you from the last time we recorded this <laughs> and hey, regurgitated well, it myself. Check this out. I think that's going to happen a few times, so maybe we shouldn't pull it out. But, uh, <laughs> well, 
on Twitter today, or maybe it was Instagram, Minoru Suzuki is usually posting these pictures of his feet and stuff like that. Uh, you know, his socks. It's very strange. Um, but today he posted a picture of himself fishing, and there's this fishing lure that he has. And I put it on our, tw- our Twitter account, and it is a fishing lure of him. And it's got like hooks on the end. And I heard, you know, that the packaging, I had to translate the packaging and everything, but it says that it will um, choke out young or it, no, it chokes out older fish, like bigger fish, but small fish, it immediately kills. Like as soon as like on site, it kills them. So, you know, it's really effective. Although I must say, Suzuki did not post any pictures of any fish because I think he killed them all. So. Yeah, I think so too. I think, uh, I think, the, you know, the fish, when they got pulled out of the water, they're shaking and flopping around. They're, they're scared they're going to die. Then they see Suzuki's face, and then they just give up on life because uh, <laughs> they know they're in trouble. <laughs> but, yes, so speaking about stories and things like that involving Tai Chi uh, and well, the techers and the G.O.D., on May 3rd, I'll be bringing that date up a couple of times, May 3rd, they've – got a couple singles matches so we've got Zack Sabre Jr. versus uh, Tonga Loa in a special singles match and I'm like yeah cool that's what that'll be Tonga Loa's fourth singles match in New Japan Pro Wrestling history and then we've got something else Mr. Andy which to me sounds really cool and uh, something they do often we've got Tai Chi versus Tama Tonga in a Iron Claw from Hell ladder match that is going to be fantastic. Now, the ladder matches, this is the second ladder match in the history of New Japan. The first one was Kenny Omega versus Michael Logan in a uh, yeah. really, really fantastic match, which I, I hate that I can't recommend it, but you should definitely watch it because it's fucking awesome. And uh, it's and that was for the Intercontinental title. And so, um, you know, I'm pretty sure Kenny Omega wins that match, and that's how he, he gets the, the title. But um, – so they'll do this thing. Pay attention when you watch these shows because, you know, if you if you log in a little early, they'll they'll show these videos and they're going to show this video of what a ladder match is. And it's fantastic. These these videos that they put up are really cool. I know they're going to show it because they need to explain it to people because they haven't seen it Raleigh, in, in New Japan at all. So, yep. So, uh, yeah, it, this is like their second ever ladder match. And uh, yeah, cool. Perfect. Perfect situation. You know, and something else I like to point out, it's interesting how this show that's on May 3rd, it isn't called like ladder match, you know, and, and we knew a year in advance there'd be ladder matches on this show. So they just <laughs> were like, you know what? I'm challenging you to a ladder match. No, this is a organic, silly, awesome storyline that is culminating in a fucking ladder match. It's great. Yes. Yes, it is. Throwing shade on like, Oh, there's Elimination Chamber. Uh, let's have an Elimination Chamber match. I'm like, well, no shit, Sherlock. Like, what the fuck else would you be doing on – yeah. Anyway. That. Yeah, that is true. And next we have Yoshihashi, Tomohiro Ishii, Hiroki Goto, Toriyano, and Kazuchika Kata versus Dick Togo, Taiji Ishimori, Yujiro Takahashi, Kenta, and Evil. And this is pretty super fun stuff. Uh, from what I remember. <laughs> but uh, there is a part at the start where uh, Dick Togo's laying on, on, the, on, the, on the ring mat and 
everyone from Chaos is stumping a mud hole in him, and uh, Kevin Kelly is like, "Oh, look, it's a it's a dick kick dick kicking session." Oh my god! Which uh, <laughs> have you attended those before? Does he know what that is? is? That like a thing? You go, you know, you go out to dinner, and then afterwards you go to a dick kicking session. I don't know. He don't is know. from your country. Maybe it's an American thing. It's not that I know of. However, it's a lot of things I don't know about out there. So you never know. Maybe, maybe it's a Yano thing because Yano's all about hitting people in the life makers. So he's like, all right, everyone. All right, everyone. Here's how we, we can all punch a dick and not get DQ'd. Let's do it. He's, he's very famous in the dick kicking uh, community. You know, like he's a big leader. You should see how many likes he has on Facebook. It's a lot. <laughs> he's a poster child for dick kicking. <laughs> well, you know, one of the things that I thought was amazing about this match is that we knew evil had these like, you know, satanic, probably from Satan, you know, these satanic mm. powers, you know, that he can turn Easy. the lights off. You know, some people say it's Dick Togo going to turning the lights off. But what do they just have light switches around? I don't think so. What is that's not how lights work. Mm. I'm pretty sure. I mean, it's magic, clearly. And Yano has learned his own little spell. And what he does is he can, it's like, it's definitely Dunces and Dragons shit. Um, you know, I don't know if it's dick kicking, but it's definitely D&D shit. And that is that he was able to make Dick Togo, um, the lights go out for just him alone. And that was amazing. I've never seen that before in a wrestling match. And I don't even know, you know we talk about the great camera work and stuff, but somehow New Japan was able to convey that as a story to us, the watchers. I don't know how. It was awesome. Yeah. Um, I, I believe there might be a more scientific explanation involving like a hoard and mirrors and other sorts Mirror. of trickery. Oh, but uh, <laughs> we'll never know for sure. <laughs> <That's great>. <laughs> <laughs> but there's a moment where uh, Yoshihashi gets his staff back, but that's short lived because it's like Kenta's like, give me that. It's mine. I treat that pole better than you do, Yoshihashi. He also uses it more, too. Like, Yoshihashi, you're a face, man. Why you got this big star for? It's not like you're going to hit people with it. But, uh, <clears throat> yes, indeedy. But uh, Dick Togo, yes, uh, blinded because it, there's no light and he can't see. One, two, three by Mr. Yano. And Chaos wins. And uh, Chaos is then uh, gone. Yeah, we, we accept the, the six-man never challenge to uh, Ishimori. Uh, Yujiro and Kenta. So, yeah. And, uh, it's about here where I originally thought, wow, they still don't have anything for a Carter to do? Like, what the fuck? <laughs> uh, and, uh, you yeah, know, we'll, we'll, yeah. we'll get there. So, uh, next match, we have Shingo Takagi, Sonata, and Tetsuya Naito <clears> versus <throat> Jeff Cobb and Great Okan and XXXXX Mystery Partner. So, you know, the the two Empire guys come out first, the two good ones, and uh, they announce that there's going to be a third uh, good member of the group, and now it's an awesome trio of, of wrestlers uh, that I love, and uh, it's just those three. But, uh, you know, every, everyone got kind of tricked about this because apparently this, this dude was just like, I'm going back to New Zealand, and everyone was just like, um, uh, okay. Have fun with that. Whereas, well, I, I didn't even I didn't see any of those tweeties, so I, I in my brain it was still like I bet you it's an RA, 
And sometimes when something happens that you expect and predict, it's shit. And then other times just it's you predict it because like that's what you want to happen because it sounds fucking interesting and cool and different. And that's kind of where I'm at with this. So uh, here he is. He comes out with an awesome robe. He's wearing pants now. He's got gloves on, a la um, AJ Styles or whatever. And it's not Toa. It's Aaron Hanare. So, uh, you know, it's like he's come back from excursion and uh, he's got a new name. And I I see him come out. And I I think you and I messaged each other about this. I think it was afterwards or or something like that because you didn't watch this live except for the main event, which made it really hard for you to go back and want to watch the rest of it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> which i totally understand because i would have been in the same boat look if you watched it yet um, can i just look at the results mr andy uh no watch it but but aaron hanare comes out he's looking fucking cool but i my brain immediately went to this part i hope you've got it ready this time mr andy but you had it ready last time too but aaron hanare i can just imagine him he's strutting around backstage and maybe gato or Jado or, you know, someone higher up backstage was just looking at him and gone. Oh, you know, attitude, attitude, uh, sunglasses. There you go, because he's not just rocking the new new outfit. (laughs) You know he's a bad guy now because he's got sunglasses on inside, which uh, is definitely a known dick move. This is a fun match, but you watch this and you're like, well, this doesn't work if Hanare loses. Like, what's the point of all of it if he loses? So you, I'm looking at this going, well, I don't want him to pin two of the three uh, LIJ guys. Uh, you know, that would suck. But uh, what would really make me happy is if he fucked up Sonata some way. <laughs> and, and he kind of does. Like, Je- Jeff Cobb catches Sonata in a tour of the islands. Then Hanare's like, it's fucking my turn. And he pulls out his pulls out a Death Valley driver, and I'm like, wait, is that his finisher? Fucking love Death Valley drivers. And yep, sure enough, one, two, three, he pins Sonata, and the move, Mister Andy, is yes, it's a Death Valley driver, but it's his finisher. You got to give it a cool name. It's very video gamey, and I approve. I love it. It's called the Street of Rage. So there it is. So I was Aaron more Hanare from the like streets. That. Yeah, I mean, I was more into final fight, but I mean, Streets of Rage is good too. So, <laughs> yeah, well, you know, they're they're all kind of fun, but yeah, uh, it's good stuff. Uh, I had a well, I'll let you talk in a tick. Sorry, Andy, but I had another really bad theory thought pop into my head, and every every faction seems to have their Yoshihashi. You know, Suzuki Goon's got uh, Doki, Lij's got Bushi. How you know, dare uh, you? How dare you compare those people to Yoshi Asuka? You know what I mean when I say that. I know uh, Bullet, Club's, Bullet Club's got two with Chase Owens and Yujiro. You know, every group's got to have that. Um, you know, there's one or two guys that are a bit more pinnable than everyone else. But uh, part of me is hoping that that's not the case with Hanare because they're finally doing something, and uh, and if they do put him in that spot. At least have him win a little more than he loses, for goodness sakes, which isn't hard. If he wins half the time, he's still winning more than he yet used to. So there, there is that. Uh, what do you think, Mr. Andy? Well, I like the new look. It's very Masahiro Chono, um, you know, uh, which is pretty cool. I can't wait till there's a big show and Chono's there 
and he walks past him and gives him a look like, fuck you, I'm you now, or whatever, but that'll be fun. <laughs> now, a couple of things. One, Hanare's new finisher, uh, this uh, Death Valley Driver thing, he loaded it up like he was going to do a Samoan drop, and I was like, oh, no, but then he did that, and I had noticed throughout this entire match his moveset's completely different. He's got, you know, like these yeah. kicks that he's doing and stuff now, and his heat spots were way different. So, well, you know, now he has heat spots. I mean, like, there's there's a lot of difference, and I really like that. It says a lot about him as a wrestler because, you know, other than behind the scenes, these guys can't practice being a heel unless they've been a heel before, and he hasn't, not in New Japan. So this is kind of a new thing for him, and he did a really good job. Um, I don't know if you saw this or not, but on uh, there's been some matches announced for a couple of the uh, Road to Wrestling Dontaku shows, and one of them is going to have the Great Okan versus Naito in a singles match, and mm-hmm. I am really looking forward to that. That'll be yes, awesome. I do believe another one of them will be Aaron Hanare versus Sonata. Okay. So, uh, yeah, I don't think Cobb's fighting Shingo because they've got other plans for Shingo. Which is um, sad. We'll get into that because we both think he's fucking losing. Yeah. Uh, but um, I'll, you know, so they've. I'm all for it. Uh, like, you know, you, I guess you all know my opinions on Sonata. So I was very happy to see Aaron Hanare pin him. Uh, but I, I also noticed that Sonata's got a tendency to be pinned by lo- lower level guys uh, semi regularly. I mean. Uh, one of his few losses last year in the G1 was Yoshihashi. And, uh, and now he's been pinned by Hanare. So, wow, it's, oh, you know, this is a guy they've been pushing, but, you know, they'll use him for shock losses a lot. And I, I'm, I'm looking forward to this singles match. Uh, you know, Sonata's good in ring, and I think he'll he'll be a solid choice to hopefully lose against Aaron Hanare in his first important singles match. I would say it's his well, first important one. And well, and you have an automatic storyline in there because yep. as we know, uh Sonata loves to wrestle circles around guys that are slower than him and Hanare's not going to Hanare will slow him down. So that'll be fun to watch. I Knock think. his fucking block off more like Yeah. It. Yeah, fuck you. So, uh, yeah, so it it's you're right. They must have been um, planning and preparing this behind the scenes because Hanare's got uh, new moves and shit. So uh, yeah, I, I like it. it. It it's it's cool. Uh, you know, yeah. So you ready for uh, our? No, it's not our semi-main event. There's three matches left, Luke. You fucking fool. But uh, there might as well be. It might as well be the semi-main event for me. But uh, here we go. We've got Satoshi Kojima. And Hiroshi Tanahashi versus Bad Luck Fale and Switchblade Jay White. So this is continuing the uh, Tanahashi and Jay White story. And it, this is a f- fun match. You get to see uh, Kojima unload the machine gun chops on Jay White, and then you get to see Jay White turn that around and do some uh, machine gun chops on Mr. Bread himself. It's 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 fun, solid stuff. And I'm watch I'm watching this going, oh man. Brad, I love you in this spot. I really do tag with Tana, but um, yeah, you about to lose, dude. Uh, but no, uh, baguette of death on Mr. Fale, followed by a high fly flow on, well, Fale, and one, two, three. Uh, you know, Tana and Mr. Bread win. 
And there's uh, some amazing story stuff that happens after this match. And I took the I took the lead on this. <clears throat> excuse me, when we first did this, but you picked up on something that I had to have another look at. And then I was like, oh, I bet you, hopefully this will tie into the backstage comments, which it did. So come on, Miss Eddie, what happened next? Well, we had uh, Tanahashi being manipulated by Jay White. Um, obviously, Tanahashi doesn't know that. But what happens after the match is that Tanahashi just walks over to Jay and puts him in the clover leaf, and then Jay symbolically taps out. You know, actually, he just that's what he did. And so uh, thank you. Thank you, Taka Michinoku. And um, yeah, he's the best. And um, so he he taps out symbolically. So then Tanahashi gets on the mic. We heard this at the beginning of the show um, that he, you know, made Jay White tap out. So he says that he calls his move JTO now because he, he just tapped out or Jay tapped out. And when you watch this on New Japan World, they have this awesome camera shot. Jay's in the ropes, looking out of the ring, and Tana's behind him talking. Jay's looking at him all scared. Oh, you made me tap out. He turns around and just sneaks this awesome, shitty grin at the camera like, oh, yeah, this worked great. And then turns right back and looks at her all scared again. Tremendous. This is why Jay White's one of the best. This subtle storytelling, you know, um, it's it's amazing. And I love it so much, and he's the best at it. Yeah. He's he's just incredible, just incredible. He's not. Yeah, <clears throat> that's, that's somebody else. But uh, <laughs> but uh, so we'll, we'll go. I'll go to the backstage comments because like uh, I don't watch every wrestler's backstage comments. I just I'm sorry everyone. I don't. Uh, but two of my go-to backstage comment watches are usually Kenta uh, and uh, especially uh, Jay White as well because. Kenta's promos are just fucking hilarious and he's amazing. And I just, you know, I love Jay White. So Jay, I, I, I'm, I'm typing this. You, you noticed that look and I'm like, holy shit, you're right. A bitchery is going to say in the backstage comments that he fucking, that was his plan just to get the match, make you overconfident and shit. And there, there you go. That's what he's, he, that's kind of what he's saying in the backstage comments whilst also giving uh, you, Romura a lot of shit, which is fucking awesome. Dude. <clears throat> I wouldn't be surprised if there's a couple of young lions that are young lions right now that come back from being young lions and they're just like, I want to fucking beat up Jay White, please. Right. He's, <laughs> what he's a fucking asshole. Constantly fucking with him, yeah. I mean, there's a difference between Suzuki walking past you and just knocking your block off, then uh, the, then uh, you know the continual trolling by Jay White. It's funny stuff. But then uh, something adorable happens because uh, we've got Hiroshi Tanahashi and uh, Kojima's sections. Kojima comes out and he's like. Yeah, that went pretty well. Awesome stuff. And uh, Tanahashi's like, hey, Ten Cozy's really awesome. I like, I love him. And Kojima's like, oh, holy shit, thanks, dude. And uh, Tanahashi's like, look, Hanare's gone join the Empire, and I don't have anyone to tag with right now. So uh, how about it? What about Tanakoji? And then they do the Ten Cozy pose. And it's all adorable and awesome. So, uh, listen, I mean, somewhere Yuji Nagata and Tenzon saw that and they are messaging fucking Mr. Brad right away, being like, keep that motherfucker away from dad's gym. You think we're ever going to get a lady again if Tanahashi's hanging out in there? You know, that's right. I mean, this, this is bad news for dad's gym, but it's good news for us. It is good news for us because they always have something, whether he's got a title or not. 
they always got something cool for Tanahashi to do because it's it's fucking Tanahashi, right? <laughs> and I love um, and I love just love the idea of him and Mr. Bread tag teaming because now we'll see even more um, Mr. Bread mixing it up with uh, you know a, a lot of the talent you don't always see him mix it up with unless it's one of those opening Young Lions matches and his team loses. So I like this. Uh, I love the pairing. It's made me really excited. I'm excited for the Jay White Tanahashi match just because totally. it's one of those rare times for Jay White that I'm like, I'm happy either way because the story is he, uh, Hiroshi Tanahashi, he's the never champ, but he won't wear it around his waist. So when's that pay off? So you could have it pay off on May 3rd with him beating Jay and then going, you know what? Now I'm the fucking never dude. And he puts the, that belt around his waist proudly or Switchblade beats him. Go and goes on to have a fucking rematch with Ishii because, well, wouldn't you want that match again? It was awesome. And then from there, you could always have Tanahashi come back down the line and defeat Jay White for that title, and then he wears it around his waist. So, yeah, there's what, ways what? you could go, and I just, uh, yeah. What about I, this? I what about this? So, Jay White wins clean, all right? He beats Tanahashi clean, yeah. Tana taps out, whatever it is, all right? And Tanahashi, in an act of respect, after all this feud and everything, he goes ahead and puts the title around Jay White's waist. What do you think? That could happen. I'm, I'm not. I'm not sure it would, but I'd, I'd love to see it. But uh, man, I, I I know they're playing different characters. Like you know, the Ace is the Ace, and Jay White's this uh, you know smug, arrogant heel, but. You just look at them wrestling each other, interacting with each other. And it's just – they just seem to be having so much fun together. Definitely. So uh, I could definitely imagine something like that. So, yeah, that's that's pretty fucking good stuff. And it leads into the next match, which I quite enjoyed. It's the uh, junior tag team championship match. We've got Rapongi 3K, uh, Sho and Yo versus – the champs, Yoshinobu Katamaru and El uh, Despi Dosbelts. Now, I, I have to wonder, did uh, Rapongi 3K go backstage and ask someone to jazz up their theme and that person took that literally and instead of jazzing up the theme, they just gave them a new theme that's jazz? Because I don't know, man, like, look, I'm not against jazz. I like me Bill Miles Davis sometimes, some stuff like that. But never have I listened to uh, a kind of blue and thought, you know what? (laughs) I think I'll fucking take this as my wrestling theme tune. You know, I don't know. Jazz seems like a weird, a weird choice. But uh, I'm also liking Yo's new uh, ring attire. He's, uh, He's coming out and all in black. Uh, and uh, he looks like a heel, so uh, immediately I didn't trust him, and I was like, all right, is there going to be a Rapongi 3K um, story where they one turns on the other and all that kind of stuff? If there is, I'd like, I wouldn't mind seeing Yo versus Show. That could be a, a lot of fun. So, yeah, I think I've talked enough. What did you think of this match, Mr. Andy? I like this a lot. All right. Yes. Couple, you know, a couple things, you know, this, you could say that this is the story of every tag team match, but 
In this case, I think it was done really well. And that story being that these guys were trying to win this match on their own. You know, um, we had Yo coming out and he's shining big time and he's trying to get the win like without Show's help. So he gets his ass whooped. And then Show comes in and he tries to do the same thing because Yo's on the outside, um, you know, uh, milking the the injury that, you know, he, of course, you know, the Suzuki Goon guys immediately attacks his knee, which is what you do if you're smart. And so they were able to come together and win this match through teamwork, which obviously, like I said, is kind of the story of every tag team match, but it's not always. And, you know, Suzuki Goon is very good at, at, uh, at teamwork as well. And so they had to kind of split that team up prevent them from having teamwork as well as having teamwork of their own. And that's kind of what they did. I really hope that getting, and, and this is what I said last time El Desperado lost the, the tag belts is I hope that this is kind of it for him with the tag belts. And he's a singles guy now because he's clearly a star. I, I just, I don't understand why they won't pull the trigger on him, but there's a lot of guys like that. And I get it. There's only so many spots, but it's just like, it's time for Dookie to fill that spot on the tag team for Suzuki Goon. It's time for Desperado to move upwards. So, yes. I mean, a year from now, Desperado could be a heavyweight. So, you know, I mean, this this could easily happen for him and he could be a huge star. So I'm just I'm excited for that. Now, as far as Yo's performance, it was great. I mean, they they didn't miss a beat. Their tag team shit was awesome. And uh, him dressing in all black. I think is just a red herring, you know, or it could be something for future, or it may just be the color he wanted to wear. Who knows? But at the same time, I'm glad he's back. I'm glad show is not in limbo anymore. Cause he was just hanging out in purgatory job into the junior champ, like over and over again. And he had some great matches. Don't get me wrong, but you know, show being a single star is kind of in the future a little bit still it's, I think so personally, I don't yeah. think, quite ready for the, you know, for where he needs to be. Um, so he, you know, now he's back where he's supposed to be. And this is kind of the storyline that they wanted to do. Yo, they hadn't planned on yo being injured, obviously. So this kind of screwed up everything as it always does in pro wrestling. Yep. Not only that, uh, yo teased, was teasing a new move, uh, a while back before he got injured and we never saw it. So, uh, we get to see it. It's called the direct drive. I mean, uh, Show and Yo do eventually team up and whoop ass. They put uh, Katamaro into what is called a strong X, which is the shock arrow. And then Yo comes from the top rope and, you know, double stomps Katamaro's butt and then pile driver, boom. And then Yo picks him up and does a move called the direct drive. It's got a similar kind of vibe feel to it than um, to uh, – Stormbroker, but uh, re- really cool move uh, when Yo does it, <laughs> and uh, yeah, it was cool. Like, and I'm happy for these two to have the belts again because they never lost the title. So, right. you know, put it back on them. And as and I'm in 100% agreement. El Despi's the star, and with Hiromu out, I can't think of a better guy to build the uh, junior division around for now. And yeah, I can see him be a. Uh, uh, I was going to say a senior because they're called juniors. It's not an age thing, Luke. Remember that. Every I, time, like, I've got to start myself, wait, it's not an age thing because um, Ishimori is apparently older than people think. But, uh, yeah, so, yeah, I, I, man, 
oh, you want to build it around him and then you want to have that rematch with Hiromu because Hiromu never technically lost the title. Oh, and he was again. there. Hiromu was there. We forgot to say and that, right? He was there. And we, we everyone gets excited on the Tweety and in the crowd because oh, Hiromu's back. And he has to say, right, quick, smart, uh, I'm not back, back. Uh, here's a rundown of the card. Uh, I'm on commentary, bye. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> which, uh, you know, it, it's just good to see him. So, uh, whether he is back or not. All now, right. So, real quick, I do want to mention I think they've yeah. already announced the rematch of this tag team thing. So, uh, so there is going to be a rematch. I would assume that, you know, Rapongi 3K is going to win again. Um, I was kind of pissed when I saw that there's a rematch um, already because that's going to be on one of the Wrestling Dontaku or Road to Wrestling Dontaku shows. So there you go. We need, um, yeah, we need uh, some more junior tag teams. Uh, oh, yeah. Stat. Uh, look, I'll watch that match again. The four of them are great together, but yeah, we need. Well, uh, yeah, soon we're going to, I mean, ELP needs to come back, man. I want him back because he needs to come back and face these guys with Ishimori. I mean, imagine those matches. Those will be great. They need, you know, like you said, more tag teams, and they have them. They're just kind of all over the place. And and Luke, just a little, little, little fancy book in here. Who would you like um, Robbie Eagles to tag with? If he, you know, I know that there's no one else in Chaos he can tag with unless he's in, like, a, a trio of Rapongi 3K. But, like, who would you love him to tag with in New Japan and go after the belts? Well, <laughs> well, Yo's back, so it's not going to be show. Right. Um, the only other options, I guess, would be like because because the uh, Toguchi Japan pretty much uh, tags with uh, um, Chaos now, anyway. Yeah. So you could easily have it either be another tag team partner with Toguchi, or you could do something a little more interesting. And yeah, you've already let the cat the the, the Master Gato out of the bag. <laughs> <laughs> because yeah, uh, uh, Wato would be uh, a pretty cool choice too. Way and, to the uh, way to the sniper. Way to what is it now? What is uh? What's way the, to the way to the grand snipers. <laughs> yeah, pretty close. Yeah, so yeah, that, that's yeah, that, that that seems like a good choice. But uh, yeah, because that that whole, they all that might as well be a giant chaos faction now they, they pretty much tag with each other all the time and shit so that's true which um yeah you can blame jay white for that because he pissed uh tanahashi and akata off so much that they, they all became friends that's and true yes. friends. <laughs> <laughs> that's true all right so we, we i guess we're kind of stalling because of what happens next i do not take notes for this guy's matches so it doesn't matter whether i deleted my notes or not uh it's uh look uh last time that guy was in a huge match what stopped me from enjoying it was uh you know four words i had to count them in my head uh actually I used my fingers but it was four words mr andy what if he wins and he did so what holds me back from kind of getting into this match and enjoying it it's that exact same thought. What if he wins? And uh, I know a lot of people could say, "Oh, it's his, it's fucking what's it's uh, it's a uh, God's first defense of the the new title. Surely he's gonna win." That's what I thought. Uh, yeah. And 
never think like that with with this guy's matches because those four words are always in my brain. What if he wins? And guess what? Yeah, he 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 fucking wins. But uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll pick you up here. So thank you. This match is very good. All right, it's it's very good. It's not okay. We've we've talked about this many times. We've used the the gear uh, metaphor. You know, like uh, you know, your best matches get into gears you didn't even know existed on a car. You know, sixth and seventh gear. You know, Kenny Omega versus Okada, and your best uh, you know New Japan matches that are kind of your standard matches get into that fifth gear. This match kind of got into fifth gear for a real split second, but most of it was in your fourth gear. It wasn't like you know, the, the best uh, match I've ever seen or anything like that. But it was very good. Um, Kota Bushi was awesome. He did a move I've never seen before. Um, I don't know what you call it, but it was like he rolled up a shithead like with a schoolboy and then rolled through, picked him up, and turned that into a schoolboy bridging suplex. Coolest shit I've ever seen. I don't it's know. Absolutely beautiful. It's yeah. amazing. So there's shit like that going on in this match. You know, if you love wrestling, it's definitely worth watching. However, uh, New Japan is, you know, um, they're really upsetting me. You know, I, I've said, you know, I, I ended a podcast I used to be on because I found out that like, you know, half the people I've been saying nice things about are terrible people in the worst way possible, you know? And, um, so I wanted to do this show because I figured, you know, that wouldn't happen here. Um, and I should have known better because I guess, you know, something my sister told me a long time ago when all this started to happen. And I just I hate it, but it's true. And it's that these people are everywhere and there's no way to get away from them. So you can either let them ruin your life or you can try to, you know, uh, make the best out of life. And that's what I'm going to do. And I'm still going to have fun watching New Japan. But man. They made a huge mistake here. This is a bad decision. And they gave their new title to some guy who then cuts a promo after it. I don't know if you caught this, Luke, because, you know, Shithead wins the match, right? And Kota Bushi's gone and, and he's celebrating in the ring. And, and there's this big, long thing. And I'll let you talk about what happens here after the match. But when Shithead's given his promo, he he does it. He's awful at promos. All right. That is a fact. I don't care if you like him or not. He is awful. And he does this thing um, where he says, listen, before I do anything, I want to apologize for nothing. I have nothing to apologize for. That's what he says. But he doesn't leave any space there. So it doesn't even work as a promo. It's not even like getting heat. It's just irritating. So he's got the wrong kind of heat with me. Um, I don't like it. I'm pissed off at New Japan. However, we're still going to do the show. We're still going to figure out ways to make this fun. So that's what we're going to do as a gift to ourselves and a gift to you, the listeners. But tell me, Luke, what else happened here? Because this this is one of the few times in New Japan that I've ever been watching and been like, this is way too much talking. Why is this taking so long? Because this after the, the segment that happens after the match is like 30 minutes long. <laughs> it's really long. And it yeah. doesn't me. Oh, wow. All right. So – before I, I, I do that, I just want to piggyback on, on your remarks. Uh, I, I did this in our original recording, but I'll do it again. And it's, look, everyone, pick 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 your entertainment, be it a movie, a TV show, you know, some kind of some kind of uh, media where a lot of people, a lot of hands have gone into making, like a video game, a movie, you know, all that kind of stuff. And it and 
it doesn't matter if it's like the big star in the movie or some lighting guy or some total douchebag in catering or whatever. There, there are assholes who have had their hand in making that thing that you loved and they are everywhere. Uh, and so you can, you can get caught up in that and just be like, Oh yeah, well, you know, I don't like that, but you got to think like that assholes have had a hand in pretty much everything people have liked. So, uh, that's just a fact of life. It, it, it's, uh, it's a shit, shitty, shitty realization to come to, but, uh, your sister's right. <laughs> so, well, they're going to lose a lot of, I mean, like anyone who's sensitive, to this kind of thing canceled their new Japan, um, you know, membership. So, I mean, maybe they'll change their mind when they see how many people cancel, but maybe not that many people will take a stand. I don't know. You know, I don't know where this is going to go and I don't know why it's happening, but it is. So, all right. So after the match, that guy's just like Okada challenging you because he, you know, he wants to, I guess he has got something to prove. And I guess if you want to prove that you're the top champ, Okada's one of those guys you want to beat. Uh, that's, you know, why wouldn't you choose him? I guess he's the win, one of the winningest champions ever. Well, of, of, of a previous title, though. I don't know about this. You know, this one's just, yeah, fucking new title, whatever. But, uh, you know, Okada comes out and then Shingo comes it straight out. He's like, are you fucking serious? I beat this clan in the first round and you're choosing him? Get the fuck out of here. You know what? I'm next. And when I beat you, I'm wrestling Okada. And that's pretty much uh, the plan going forward. So on May 4th, it will be Shingo Takagi in a rematch with uh, that guy for the uh, title I don't like. (laughs) And then after that, uh, whoever wins that match will face Okada in one of those. uh, it's, It's the end of next month. I can't remember. The end of May 29. Uh, slam or something like that. Yeah, it's like the, the baseball stadium thing. Yes, yes. So uh, that will happen. Then it will be Okada versus the winner. <sighs> and look, um, I just don't like it much because what if, what if Shingo doesn't win and – then you're like, well, you, you can't really have that guy lose because that's pretty much like hot potatoing this brand new belt, uh, which is not quite what you want to do when you've got a new belt, is it? You want to have someone have a nice, decent first run on it before you fucking change it over. They've really changed. New Japan has changed a lot in the past like year since we've been doing this. I mean, we're getting weird ladder matches. We're getting the King of Pro Wrestling thing. We're getting hot potato with the belts. Um, we're getting new belts. It's it, you know things are changing and maybe not necessarily for the better. Um, you know, in in many ways. However, there's always good stuff to watch still. And as we've talked about many times, we you know the champion, the heavyweight championship. Yeah, it's important, but there's only one belt we really care about. You know. Yeah. Even before the unification, uh, I think it's safe to say that we always cared about the Never title more. A title that has been hot-shotted, but it had always been established, at least in my brain, that this belt is hard to keep, which kind of makes sense to me that that would happen. And uh, speaking of the Never title, I would say that guy versus Ibushi for the Never title 
at Wrestle Kingdom a few years ago is better than uh, the match they had at Sakura Genesis. Oh, definitely, definitely. And uh, yeah, uh, maybe it's because that, that's at Wrestle Kingdom, so obviously you, you, you're probably going to pull out a, a bigger, better match, but it just is. So I guess if you've got no problems with that guy and you really love him and you want to watch, I guess, uh, a better match that these two men have had, there, there it is. You can You can do that. But... For me, Mr. Andy, I know I get emotional about these things. I don't know. Maybe I was just resigned to the idea because I just had that four, those four letters, uh, four letters, four words going through my mind. What if he wins? What if he wins? But there's silver linings in, in New Japan. Everything else they're kind of doing, I'm digging on and I'm excited for. And I, oh, yeah, there's a bit of there is a bit of news, by the way, that I didn't I, I mentioned late. The last time we recorded too, and we don't care. Yeah, we yeah we don't follow strong. Uh, we don't really watch and review it. We just, well, Mr. Andy and I just want to cover New Japan Pro Wrestling, and I know that's technically a part of it, but we just want to watch the 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 Japan shit. That's what we want. Mm-hmm. But rather than uh, have anyone fight for the United States title in strong, because no offense to everyone on strong, no one's really over enough to really um you know take that title from Moxley. They've created their own title. It's the uh, the New Japan Pro Wrestling Strong Openweight title. And I I immediately liked it more than the Unified Belt. Uh, it just had a simple design that kind of popped to me. It wasn't too busy. And it also doesn't erase any legacy. So I was, I was really interested. You know, I'm not really interested in seeing what they do with it because I – I don't. I don't want to watch strong. But my point is, I like that. I like that belt. I'm not shitting on the show. Look, if you yeah. guys think it's gotten better and it's great, awesome, enjoy it, love it. That's great. But uh, we're on two different time zones, and and uh, you know, we we uh, want to just stay caught up on uh, on what. Uh, There's enough. In- There's enough going on in Japan. Yeah. We don't need all that other stuff. But what's the other thing that's going on? Maybe in America. Maybe in Japan. Remember, we had a. Yeah. Yeah, tell us about this. What happened here? All right. So speaking of silver linings, this is what I was trying to, yeah, I'm, you know, how long-winded and tangenty I can get. But the silver lining is, oh, by the way, I'm, uh, I did did mention, oh, New Japan did us a solid, and you're like, no, they didn't, because like, who's champion? And I meant, and I didn't mean it like that. But yeah, they they took a shit on us in that regard. But uh, <laughs> they came out with news. Before, like, right, uh, yes. we recorded this yesterday, and the previous night or during the day for Andy, the news came out about May 3rd, May 4th, and you know, the Akata match and all that kind of stuff. And then a video dropped on, on the YouTubes. It's Moxley, and he's doing a promo. I'm like, oh, yeah, this is cool. Where's it going? Nagata san. And I'm like, wait, what? Oh, yeah. John Moxley's calling out Yuji Nagata. So, uh, your theory was, uh, they rang him up. And going, all right, dude, who do you want to wrestle? And, you know, you've got a huge roster here. You could be like, oh, how about Naito? How about Evil? How about Kenta? How about, you know, uh, not Juice because they've wrestled a few times already. But, you know, there's a lot of names you could kind of pick. And he's gone, I want Nagata. And <laughs> I love it. You know, it. It sounds really cool. He's already had a banger against Suzuki. That's uh, Moxley, even though uh, – yeah, Nagata wasn't that long ago, had a banger against Suzuki as well. I guess he wants to uh, wrestle some of his heroes. So uh, I wouldn't be surprised if down the line he wants to wrestle the ace as well. So uh, it because could, it was a, it a match be between the – sorry. It's a match between the ace and Suzuki. 
uh, from uh, I don't know more than ten years ago or whatever that Moxley saw that was just like whoa. So yeah, uh, we don't know where, what country, or when, but it'll be Moxley versus Nagata. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, yes, his uh, motives may be that he wants to wrestle his heroes and stuff, but he may also have an ulterior motive. You know, um, I know he's married and I know he has a wife that's pregnant or something like that, but it doesn't mean he doesn't like the ladies. And um, we know there's only one place where you can go to get the ladies and that's dad's gym. And so I think that's what's going on here is that Moxley's like, oh, I heard about this dad's gym thing. I heard Tanahashi starting to get into that a little bit. I kind of want to as well. So that's what's going on. <laughs> <sighs> oh, yes. So <laughs> there, look, there's some silver linings. Look, if, if, if there are people out there and uh, I saw a, a tweet or two, that mentioned uh, maybe this isn't for me for a while until he's not gotten until that guy's not got the belt. And uh, we even had a, a, a couple private DMs from a, from a, a dude who was just like, oh, I'm not sure this is for me now, and that's fine, guys. It's awesome. Like, well, it's not awesome, but you know, you guys do you. That's fine. But um, there's just way too, there's still like way too much stuff that I love that's going on right now that I'm curious about. And, hey, they're not fucking with my favorite title. So I'm good. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, well, I've got two of my favorite wrestlers in New Japan fighting over my favorite title right now. So I can't really quit watching. Plus, I love doing the podcast, too. So I'm sticking around. Good, good. Well, me, too. And uh, we had, uh, you know, that was our show for the week as far as the pro wrestling that happened this week. Uh, but we also, mm-hmm. you know, every week right around this time, we start talking about our match recommends. Now, we I know we got an extra day, but it still didn't allow us to kind of cover our recommends for the week for the simple fact that, um, unfortunately, uh, Luke's was one that we had already covered. So we're going to switch that here in a second. <laughs> And then, um, and then my match yeah. recommend was uh, for this week was Kenny Omega versus uh, Okada number two, and that is just so involved that you just we need time to get that together. So we chose yep. um, to do some recommends from folks uh, that wrote in. But before we do that, tell us, Luke, what is going to be your replacement recommend? Because it turns out we had already done your match, which that happens a lot, and it's because yeah. we keep like talking about the same good matches because there's a lot of good ones and they're kind of have the same guys in them. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, they, look, uh, I, I know there's been a couple recommends that have been outside the never realm, but uh, never realm. (laughs) They, they do video games, but um, the, uh, yeah. So I've been trying to do these in order, even though we've chosen matches that we've already covered before. And so uh, I've, I've, Asked Andy from now on if we're going to if we're going to recommend a never open title match, be it a uh, someone winning it or a defense, that we do these in order from now on. So you know, I, I've started Ishii's first reign as the champion. He's the third champion. The first two were uh, Masato Tanaka and Tetsuya Naito. So uh, the you know we covered Naito versus Ishii, and then there's a rematch between both men, but we'd already covered the rematch. <laughs> the next match. In, in in his title reign is against Kushida and uh, I would love to fucking watch that match please why the fuck is it not on New Japan World uh, that just fucking crushes me the next match I'm pretty sure we've covered as well which is uh, Ishii versus Tomoaki Homa from May 3rd 2014 in Fukuoka 
And I was just like, fuck. So we've unwittingly, unintentionally done all of Ishii's first reign. And I was just like, we're doing these in order from now on. So you're like, hey, we did the Naito match. And I'm like, well, Kushida's not there, and we've done Honma. This is very long-winded. So we're going to the next one, which will be May 25th, 2014. This is his uh, first try at going for this title. It's at Yokohama Arena, and it's Kota Ibushi versus Tomohiro Ishii. So there you go. That's uh, that's my next match recommend. And uh, All right, cool. Well, um, <laughs> yeah, that that did take a while, but here we are. <laughs> so we got that <laughs> so, all right, so we have two um, listener recommends this week, and the first okay. one was from an email. Can you read the email to us, Luke? I can indeed do that thing you just said I should do. And, and I, it, I, is, it, it came with two recommends, which we're going to cover the other one maybe next time we record or the time we record after that. So, I mean, go ahead and read both recommends, and then we're going to cover one of those matches today and then the other one in the future. All right. So this is from a friend of the show, Mr. Lexus Montez. Hola, gents. I, I have only two match recommendations for you both. Uh, I'll read them both. Fuck it. Uh, the first one he gives us is Loki versus Taguchi from June 16th, 2012. And then there's the one we're going to cover tonight or today or this morning, whenever the fuck you're listening to this. And it's Ricochet versus Volador Jr. from the best of Super Juniors in uh, 2016. And uh, feel free to choose between the two of you. Enjoy. So we're going to cover both, but first we're going to talk about Ricochet versus Volador Jr. from Best of Super Juniors 23. Um, we have not talked much about Volador Jr. And just in case you're wondering if you want to find this match, um, they spell Volador wrong, um, awfully on the, on the network. And it's, a uh, it's B-O-R-A-D-O-R-U Jr. Uh, is what, how they spell it, but it's not spelled that way in real life. But this is a CMLL guy, right? And uh, we're going to be talking about CML again here in a minute, too, but uh, with the other match recommend, and it's a very brief kind of footnote in that in that match. But uh, CMLL is obviously one of the biggest uh, promotions there in uh, Mexico, and they've mm-hmm. had a working relationship with New Japan since the beginning. And since the beginning of New Japan, they've been around forever. And so because of that, every year at the Subesa Super Juniors, we get, you know, they sit there at the negotiating table. And, you know, the guys from CMLL, they slide a little piece of paper over to Gato and Giotto and it says Teton on it. And, and you know, Gato and John are like, yeah, fuck, we know we got to take Teton. So they slide it right back and they put Volador Jr. There's like, yes, we, we will take Teton, but we also get Volador Jr. And that's what happens almost every year. So, you know, uh, Volador's last appearance in the Super Juniors was not that great. However, this uh, year that we're talking about here in 2016 was fantastic, and this match is crazy. Um, it is flippy match the match. I mean, it's, it's, it's the flippiest match you'll ever see. It doesn't get any more flippy than this. There is no selling. There is no psychology. It is crazy move after crazy move. Yep. And the only time that especially Volador does not sell. And the, and the only time he actually does is when he has to, because he, he almost died. <laughs> so it is bonkers. What do you think of this Luke? I thought it was great. Uh, I can see some weirdos not, like, I see this all the time, and I usually, for some reason, I usually see this level at AEW. It's like it's all spot monkey flip fests, and 
like I think people know I like my matches to be quite uh, physical and suplexy, but I like some variety too. Sometimes I want to see Yano punch people in the dick, yeah. and sometimes I want to see uh, smaller dudes flip the fuck around and do really cool shit. Yeah, variety is like an awesome thing in wrestling. So. There's a place for all of it, and I love me a spectacle as much as the next man. So this is pretty much a flip fest spectacle, very little selling, but it's super fucking fun. Uh, you, look, I can't even go through like if I went through a fucking list of moves, it'd be like a laundry list of amazing flippy shit. I don't even necessarily know all the fucking names for you know but it's it's fucking crazy good it ends with an awesome kind of poison rana onto uh, ricochet by volador jr and volador picks up the win now the thing is with this match it brings to me and thanks mr lexus for doing this a little a little tiny slither of depression and that's because I see a guy like Ricochet and I'm like, well, that guy's a star. Any company would be able to fucking do something awesome with him, right? Uh, New Japan? Uh, yes. Uh, Lucha Underground? Yeah, fuck yes. Uh, but the biggest company in the world, he's a fucking jobber. McJobber of jobbers. And you're just like, wait, what? Shit. Wait. Hang on. What? I... Yeah, it just fucking it hurts my soul and my brain. Uh, but uh, I think it was pretty evident uh, that for a long time, uh, Mr. Ricochet always wanted to go to the WWE because I guess it's his dream, and you know there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, it's just a shame that uh, that company just couldn't find. I mean, are we surprised? How many guys oh, do we yeah. think are awesome that they couldn't fucking figure out anything all interesting to do with? Yeah. All yeah all of them, yeah. Yeah, I well, you know, and folks don't know. <clears throat> pardon me. One of the reasons why it took Ricochet so long to get to WWE, and why he was even on this show here that we're talking about, is because of Lucha Underground. Mm-hmm. He um he signed a seven year television deal with them, and a lot of guys did. That's why Pentagon wasn't on TV. That's why a lot of these guys were not on TV, and they all would have. And and this has actually worked out very well for a lot of people like Pentagon and, and Ray Phoenix, but for um, Ricochet, it's not worked out well. Although I'm sure he's making money and I'm sure he's happy or whatever, but as far as like main eventing WrestleMania, that ain't ever going to happen. And so, you know, point is, is that he signed the seven year deal with, with Lucha Underground, which meant he could not appear on television in America for those seven years. And Lucha Underground didn't last seven years, you know? So they fucked a lot of people pretty good. Um, John Morrison was one of those guys, Ty Valkyrie, who's finally showing up on NXT. It took him this long to get there because of Lucha Underground. So point is, is that he was showing up in New Japan quite a bit. And New Japan did a lot with Ricochet. He had a couple different junior title matches. Um, he was junior tag uh, uh, champs with, I think, Matt Seidel. Um, I think he was also a tag champ with um, Ryusuke Taguchi as well. There you go. Yeah, that makes sense because he was definitely in, in Taguchi, Japan. And um, <clears throat> anyway, point is, is that he – you know, he had a decent run in New Japan, but they weren't ever going to, like, invest in him because they knew he wasn't going to stay there. So, you know, it's it's just 
I don't know. It's interesting how his career is gone, you know, and I, I feel bad for him, but at the same time, he's also, uh, you know, proving to be a giant shithead lately. So, I mean, I don't know. Everybody's an asshole. I don't know. Well, look, I mean, there are degrees of assholedom. Like he's, he's, it's, unless you correct me otherwise, he's, he's, you know, nothing compared to that guy. Some people well, just, um, yeah, oh, I'll, man, I'll, really? I'll, I'll tell you after the show because it's it's unsubstantiated stuff, but it's yeah, there's something. Right. There's something. But, it's it's associ- it's it's not it's not directly involving him. It's him associating with people who are known for being oh. terrible, and it's like how the fuck right. could you possibly be in a photo with this person? That type of thing. So right. But uh, look, I remember him coming out on a one of the American shows. And and he's like, I'm not allowed to wrestle here because blah, blah, blah. And I was like, that's pretty unprofessional, dude. Like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, dude, I I know you don't like the contract, but you signed it, man. So be professional. Like, what the fuck? But that's, you know, whatever. That's okay. Uh, Well, turns out he's a douchebag. We just covered one of his matches. Oh, well, thanks, Mr. Lexus Montez. Yeah. But it's not his fault. And it's not like one of these things where, you know, it's it's I don't know. It's just one of those things. But uh, this match is awesome. I'm really happy that we got to watch it um, because it's been a long time. And like I said, Volador, if you go through and watch his matches from this best of Super Junior in the one before, he's fantastic. All of his matches are just just out of this world. And they're not all. Lucha matches like this, some of them are like strike fests and stuff, and you get that like kind of that Ryu Lee type vibe from them too, in a lot of ways too. So there's some good shit there. It's definitely worth you know worth checking out. So absolutely. And the other match that we're going to cover, yes. uh, some people might have been a bit spoiled at it now because uh, we've made a few tweeties about it, and that's that's fine. But this has been on our to-do list, I guess, since we've started doing recommends. So I guess from the very beginning, I, uh, you know, uh, this is one of the matches you've had on the to-do list, and it's a match I think a lot of res- wrestling fans are aware of uh, because it's, you know, it's got a big place in history and it's crazy. As fuck. It's fucking crazy. Yeah. And uh, I, I can't remember the name of the show, but it's like what the celebration of peace. Yes, sir. From 1995, it is the final match of the the two-day celebration of peace, and it is Antonio Inoki versus Ric Flair in North Korea. So uh, I think it was a Mr. Based Call. Yes. Said, "Oi, what the fuck have you have you not done this match yet?" Which (laughs) is pretty much the gist of what he was saying. I, I, I did. I am paraphrasing. And we were just like, yeah, all right, let's do it now. So here we are. But you, you can't just you can't just do the match. Like even I looked up some fucking history and did a little research on this. It's just absolutely, absolutely fascinating. Like now, uh, the, the way this was set up, I think it was uh, done by Noki, who kind of needed some good press because. <laughs> Uh, apparently he didn't have much at the time and he he wanted to set the show up he got on the blower the, the blower i guess that's aussie slang or i guess for phone i don't know if you say the blower no over no. America. there you go so you, you, i thought i'd better tell you what that is in case you're just like what the fuck 
Yeah, every like just like every time I say jumper, you get confused. What the fuck's a jumper? I, I, wish, I wish you would be more Aussie on this show. That's what I wish. Instead of explaining <laughs> these things, just let them fly by, and uh, <laughs> you know, it's way and we can we'll figure them out by context. Us us American stupid people. <laughs> All right, dude. I'll I'll, uh, I'll just let them slip from now on, and just wait for you to go. What the fuck's a jumper? All right. <laughs> so. He got on your Bischoff. Hey, this is what we want to do. And Bischoff's like, yeah, all right, cool, do it. Uh, and you know, he's like, I want to wrestle Hogan in the main event. And Bischoff's just like, Hogan will never do this. You've got no chance in hell. So they contacted Ric Flair, and Ric Flair, you know, he's got two things going for him. One, he's not a racist, as far as I'm aware. And two, uh. He's, you know, better in every single way than Hogan ever was. And uh, that's not even something I'll fight about. Like, that's just fucking fact. So, you know, get out of here with your, uh, oh, no, Hogan's, fuck Hogan. Uh, So Ric Flair's not only, Ric Flair took it because, you know, he wants to, he another opportunity to wrestle Antonio Inoki. Uh, Yes, please. And also because he thought to himself, this is going to be a fucking, this is going to be an adventure. You know, whether it's a bad time, a good time, or whatever, this this whole show is going to be interesting as fuck. And it is. It's it's fucking. Oh man, just reading up on it, like they they had their passports taken and shit, and you're just like, whoa. They had handlers with them the whole time. Have we said this is in Korea yet? I don't know. If yeah, it's in it's in North Korea. Like, yep, the uh, the uh, dictatorship, and it's a it's a it's a brief glimpse into uh it's a brief like kind of window into north korea because you don't really get that many and another reason north korea said yes to doing this is because uh, their previous leader had passed away and the new leader was just you know he wanted to do some something with goodwill or something like that so that's kind of reason why this happened we haven't even talked about the match yet like i would say there's not a great deal to talk about with the match in as opposed to the story around it even though the match is actually really fucking good very good yeah i mean what else would you expect that's two you know bona fide main eventers going at it in a setting with almost two hundred thousand people legit in the building i mean it's crazy and you know, if you want to know everything there is to know about this, I, I posted on our Twitter yesterday. It's a there's a Sports Illustrated oral history of this and they talk all about it. Like all the wrestlers are interviewed and they just give little snippets of what it was like. Um, there's all kinds of nutty things that happened. Uh, for example, when they got off of the jet, um, they were immediately handed flowers, which were charged to them. They paid for the flowers later. Um, and then they would have to, the flowers had to be laid at the feet of the statue of the former leader, you know, and then basically supposedly they pick those flowers up and give them to the next person. And they also get charged for the flowers. So um, all kinds of like stuff like that. And what's very funny is that the wrestlers, none of the wrestlers talking about it go, well, man, these guys know how to work people. They, you know, they never, 
they never give the respect uh, to North Korea that they would if a, if a wrestling company had done this, for example. You know, so like if a wrestling company was charging fans to you know throw streamers in and then collecting the streamers again and sell them back to the fans, you know, they'd be like, oh brother, that's that's working people. But uh, since it's North Korea, it's like, no, nah, that's not okay. So. <laughs> Yeah, and even after the match, uh, like right near the time of leaving, they wanted Ric Flair to say something like, I can see how this amazing country can dominate, could dominate America, or something like that. Oh, yeah, they, according to the wrestlers, they learned that Korea, North Korea won World War II. Yeah. So, um, and fucking Ric Flair's like, I'm not fucking saying that. You, you, get out of here. I've got to go back to America. Are you fucking serious? I'm not saying that. I live there. So uh, he said something uh, a lot more diplomatic and and nice that, you know, put over North Korea without burying his own country. <laughs> they should have brought Mean Gene in, you know, and Mean Gene could be like, Ric Flair. It's good to see you here in Korea, North Korea. We're here. Oh, what do you think about the country? You know, and he's like, woo, bye Mean Gene, you know, and starts going crazy with his lisp and all that and and maybe just say those words. And because he's saying them in the Ric Flair way, we wouldn't even know what he was talking about anyway. So, you know, he could have done that, but he decided not to. Um, there was a lot of people on the show. All right. So this is like a two day show. Right. Mm-hmm. And Eugene God is on this show. Uh, Bull Nakano and Akira Hokuto wrestle for the CML Women's Championship, which is nuts. So that tells you how long they've had these relationships with these people. Uh, Two Cold Scorpios on this show, Masa Saito, Scott Norton. Uh, we got Anoki and Flair, obviously. The Steiners are fucking in the house. Masahiro Chono, uh, Black Cat, El Samurai, Wild Pegasus, who is that murderer guy, and uh, various others. Um, I really am. I'm definitely going to watch the Nakano and Hokuto match because they always have awesome matches. There's some really good shit on here. And um, it's just wild because if you watch any of the matches except for the main event, the crowd's pretty much silent. They don't know what they're watching until the main event happens. And you see that pro wrestling becomes a universal language. These people who don't even know what pro wrestling is are there watching this. And they understand that Ric Flair is evil and they understand that Inoki is good and they hate Ric Flair and they love Inoki. And that's like the universal part of this. That's so neat. Uh, The match itself is excellent. And Inoki, I mean, like Flair is just bumping. I mean, like like what Inoki like kicks him or punches him and Flair is flying out of the ring and like bounces into a bunch of almost kills a bunch of young lions bumping all over the place. And, you know, I love Flair selling Inoki's punches and oh, just the just I love Ric Flair. I wish I could watch Ric Flair all the time. I I don't have that that network though, so I have to watch it on YouTube or something. But uh, this is a great opportunity to mix um, my love of Ric Flair with my love of New Japan, and I appreciate Cole giving us that opportunity. We cannot even scratch the surface of all of this because there's oh, so man. much to it. But I'm telling you, look at that Sports Illustrated article that I sent out and just. Google this and read it because there is so much going on here and it's, it's endless. So, yeah. Yeah. And if you do have that network, uh, one, one thing you definitely won't be able to find on it is Antonio Inoki versus Ric Flair because, you know, uh, WWE owns all of uh, WCW's back catalog. 
But uh, the stuff they share with New Japan, well, New Japan also has the ability to show these matches off on their streaming service. So you will not be able to find uh, the celebration of peace on the WWE Network. But uh, it's all there on New Japan World. And I have to imagine if you're listening to this podcast, I unless you're pissed off at, uh, you know, the, the, the latest things that New Japan Pro Wrestling has done, I have to assume you've got World. And if you do, check this out. It's a 15-minute match. It's two legends showing you why they're legends because they can take a country that doesn't even know who the fuck they are and have them eating out of the palms of their hands. So that's that's that right there. Like if anyone is dumb enough to tell you that Ric Flair and Tony Onoki are fucking crap and they're nobodies, you're just like – <laughs> you see them with Korea, in North Korea, motherfucker? Like, that country didn't even know who they were. That's and, working, brother. It, yeah. Another thing, too, is that this also is highly um, – Ricky Dozan is highly involved in this as well, who's another one of those guys that we haven't talked about much. But he's like the Korean-born Japanese wrestling star that brought uh, pro wrestling to Japan, is kind of responsible for what it is today in a lot of ways. And so he's also a figure – in Korean politics for some reason. And um, there's a lot of weird shit going on with that and so many neat little intricacies. Uh, but eventually we'll be talking more about Ricky Dozan and Anoki. But I thank you, you know, for recommending this and forcing us to do it finally, because that's how I put it to Cole. He's like, when are you going to do this? I was like, well, if you make it a recommend, then we have to do it. And he's like, it's an official recommend. So here we are. Yes, that's it. <laughs> and we can cross it off the list. Uh, not only is like sometimes we've watched matches, Mr. Andy, that are historical documents, like the Island Death Match, and it's complete garbage balls. <laughs> and I love sometimes it. you go into these kind of big matches with a lot of history story behind them, and you're just like, well, uh, at least the at least what surrounds the match is good or interesting. But uh, this match is fantastic, so. You know, that's just even more icing on the cake. It's only around 15, 17 minutes. So, yeah, get your butts on the world and uh, on the world. Yep. you. Yeah, that makes sense to my brain. And uh, watch the fucking match. It's great. Yeah, you'll like it. Um, yeah. Right, man. Well, that was, that was concise. You know, normally we go a little longer. but uh, Did I we think go shorter this time? Than just than like the first 10, time? 10, 15 minutes. I think we had practice and we knew we knew. <laughs> fat to trim i guess so really because oh, i waffled on a couple of times there didn't I? <laughs> yeah. I, don't know. I mean that's what we do this is our show we can waffle on as long as we want as long as we're allowed to make fun of each other for it so that's the important part yeah well of course yeah we <laughs> definitely can do that and that brings us to the end and i'm hoping it's the end and we don't have to do round three no, because uh, look I don't mind. I, I love doing this show, but uh doesn't mean I want to do uh, the same show <laughs> multiple times. <No. laughs> but, uh, you know, fingers crossed this works. Uh, it's going to get out to you guys. Would have been out yesterday, but, yes, we had some technical issues, and it happens. Hey, it's all good. Uh, thank you for your patience and, and all that kind of shit. Also, um, yeah, so – I think I'm going to change the outro, Mr. Andy. I'm going to change it to someone who never lies to me, 
Oh, by the way, speaking of uh, I will never lie to you and I will never betray you, you know, that catchphrase that God had? Well, yeah. He did that. He betrayed me twice. <laughs> uh, unifying the titles. No, that, that's betrayal. No, get out of here. And then, then losing in his first defense of the unified title. So, yeah. It's true. Fuck your catchphrase. I but mean. There's a guy that says, yeah. There's a, well, you're, you know, I mean, the guy that could have saved us from all this, you know, this is maybe a guy yeah. you're about to say something about. I don't know. Well, there is a guy who, who tell, he tells his, he tells everyone who will listen a lot of things. And a lot of those things come true. And uh, he takes me on a roller coaster ride all the time. I love him. So in Switchblade, we trust. No, sunglasses. 